2: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Monday,
3: Monday, welcome to the Monday edition of The Stay Home with John and Kathy. Happy that you're with us here today. Hope that uh, your weekend was good. Kath, um, welcome. I hope that you had a little rest and relaxation. How are
4: you? It was the most gorgeous weekend. I mean, this weather we're having. I just, I'm not worthy of it. It's so perfect.
3: I know you're worthy of it to like some nice you. day. It's right?
4: kind. It's wonderful.
3: Cheers, it sure fabulous.
4: Yeah. yeah. So I've enjoyed it a lot. In fact, I've been thinking about maybe taking a trip.
3: What really? Like like in a, you know, going get in a car or uh, an airplane or a, well, a bus trip.
4: Here's the thing, John. You know, I've got two kids who mm-hmm. are not uh, not able to work this summer because jobs are so hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, well, if we're gonna go on a family vacation, this has got to be the summer to do it. Schedule wise, right? Sure. But I don't want to climb on an airplane, and I don't think I'm doing Greyhound.
5: No. (laughs) No.
4: I I think I'm done with that in my life. A train is a fine option in a normal time, except I don't think I want to do it now. Yeah. So the term RV came up.
3: RV, a Uh recreational vehicle. Yeah. Uh I mean, uh, you know, you can – well, we've got a couple of options as always, right? Uh, You can – Me personally
4: have a couple of options? Yeah. I mean –
3: If you got two million dollars, you can okay. buy a tricked out RV yeah. two million dollars mm-hmm. or you can rent an RV by the week or perhaps a month. all right
4: Okay, now I will say I have less than two million, so that's probably a good place to start just so that you understand that.
3: Okay, so you can rent sort of a upper end uh, it's not like a Volkswagen bus, but it's kind of on that same vein that, it's that uh, same size. Maybe a little bigger than that. It fits a bed. Here, here's the deal. Um, there's an there's a group called Outdoorsy, which is mm-hmm. a peer-to-peer RV rental platform, which is kind of like uh, Airbnb. What Airbnb okay. is to homes. Yeah. This uh, Outdoorsy is all about RV rentals. Okay. So you, I'm looking at this article from uh, the Wall Street Journal last week. And one of the guys who's talking about renting an RV like we are said he had his eye on a one of a kind 1940s teardrop style camper, which was built on an Arizona Air Force base. And according to his listing, quote, used to fetch hot air balloon baskets after flights. Now it rents for just $90 a night. It's 12 feet long. The pale green air-conditioned trailer still fits a full-size bed and a library in its cedar-lined interior. From beneath its hatch mm-hmm. is a compact kitchen outfitted with a, outfitted with a Coleman camp stove and an Aeropress coffee maker. To pull the thing, the RV's owner will even rent you a 2019 ta- Toyota Tacoma
4: for an additional Ospro charge
3: for $155. Okay, no wait.
4: Now let's just stop where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Because we're into hotel territory financially, sure. So if we're into the same dollar value for hotel, I have zero interest in RV.
3: Why? Because it's a matter of safety, Kev. Your everything is self-contained, so you don't have to hang out and you know mingle. You know,
4: okay, it might be a matter of safe. Okay, so it is a matter of safety. But listen, John, I'm a you know me. If I'm going to be in an RV, I want to feel like I'm getting a good deal out of it. Otherwise, I'd rather be at the Hilton.
3: <laughs> right. Although I, I've never traveled with an RV, and I would kind of just like to feel. I mean, you see those things on the on the turnpike. I mean, there apps. Some of them, they're just gigantic. They're like tour buses. And there's
4: listen. Don't you feel like if you hit them like the tiniest bit on their bumper, that thing would spin over and fall over, and it just seems profoundly unsafe to me
3: <laughs> i don't think so no i don't think it's unsafe oh
4: i be- I, think, I think it is
3: i think it's big i think it takes a lot of guts to drive one of those things right
4: i don't know if i have that
3: yeah i you know i wonder if you know you rent something that big if they provide you with a tutor let's go out and drive around for a T-O-R
4: of- or the a T-U-D-O-R. t-u-t-o-r someone who can do my, my interior design no no in a a classic tutor, fashion
3: you know tutor oh. not the tutor tutor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you, this peer-to-peer no. thing, I think, sounds like the way to go. No, you can run an I decide, RV.
4: I decided in the last five minutes listening to you, I'm not doing it. All
3: right. Well, listen.
4: Would uh, you do it?
3: Oh, uh, yes. In a hot minute. Would you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happily. I think it's like a great adventure. Uh, I've got a niece and uh, her husband who recently.
4: <laughs> oh, I know about your niece and her husband. That was a terrific thing they did.
3: They're still going. Are they really? They went around the world. When the pandemic hit, they came back. They stayed with my sister in Virginia. Then they bought a Toyota Sienna minivan used. Okay. My brother-in-law and the husband, my niece's husband, they built a bed to go back in there. And then under the bed, they built a stowaway kitchen. And now they're currently driving through the United States of America, finding their way back to their home in Seattle.
4: Okay, well, let me say this. A Toyota Sienna minivan is very nice to drive, mm-hmm. though I can't quite picture the bed and the kitchen underneath. It but, looks
3: pretty cool. Okay, I mean, I've but, seen but, it. I've seen photos. Whatever it
4: is, they're having they're having a terrific time, but I certainly can't do that with my husband and two children.
3: No, it would just be two people. Just right. be you and your husband. Mm-hmm. Leave the kids behind.
4: Yeah, they, they seem to like us, and so I mm-hmm. feel like we should stay around.
3: Okay, so if you don't want to travel, how about stay at home and have a pool installed?
4: Okay, so now... Up, So uh, we're all asking about that because community pools are closed, right? right? Country club pools are closed. Yes. However, in a normal time, if you're talking about putting a pool in, you recognize it's probably going to hurt the resale value of your house because most people don't want pools. Apparently, everyone's just forgetting about that now.
3: Yeah, because now the pandemic's here. Maybe this is kind of like, you know, the new bunker, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So instead of you going down into the basement, you just go out in the backyard. The world comes to you. And the good news is, well, I guess good news, bad news. Pool sales are up some 200% nationwide. So much so there's an article in today's PG. Everybody wants a backyard pool, but the line is long. Uh, the people who uh, are building pools, like the in-ground pools, mm-hmm. Alpine pool based out of, um, where are they? Um, uh, King, Cole, King Cole pools, based out of Irwin, fifty to hundred thousand dollars for a pool. He says his business is up two hundred percent, and he has stopped taking orders. He's taking orders for next year. And if you wanted to buy an above ground pool, virtually every above ground pool in this country has been sold. So you're out of luck. Get the 50, hose.
4: Fifty to a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, that's that's too steep for me. Now let me ask you. You were talking about this is a humiliating thing, but I'm going to no, bring it up again. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I know because, you're going to bring it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, and- yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike and I were embarrassed to be your friend when you said that you were going to get a toddler pool for your backyard for you. Right. And.
3: My wife vetoed it.
4: <laughs> you know why? Because your wife has a shred of self-image that she'd like to preserve in life.
3: Self-image. Yes. Listen, you and I, Sands Air Conditioning in our houses. We of all people should dive. Listen, you know, listen, dive into that. Okay,
4: pool. I'm not getting a toddler pool, John. Okay, kind of funny
3: because I knew we were going to. You know, looking around, I was going to buy a pool. Looking around, my neighbors across mm-hmm. the across the road here. Yeah, they have not a toddler pool. They got one of those little plastic baby pools. I saw them out there the other day putting their feet in it.
4: It's a step worse. Look, I'm just not. I, Mike and I are trying to save you from right. public humiliation. So we went right? from
3: a $2 million RV to a $100,000 backyard pool to the baby pool.
4: Uh-huh. That's where we are. And coming up on the rest of today's show, yes. in our five o'clock hour, Dr. Gavin Ortland will talk about, this is such an important subject, John, finding the right hills to die on. If you get on social media and you argue about everything, when it comes time to argue about the thing that matters most. You've got nothing to stand on because everybody's sick of your yapping. Anyway, no. finding the right hills to die on in the five o'clock hour. Also, today is Lobster Day. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that. And uh-huh, And coming up next, this week in the nation's capital, the president will hold his first rally in three months amidst all the racial tension going on in the United States. So it should be interesting. There's lots to talk about with Greg Clugston next on the Monday edition of The Ride Home.
6: One hundred one point five W O R D.
1: Have your family ever faced hunger at a level where their life was at risk, or had little or no access to clean drinking water? for children in the countries of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda. It's a battle they face every single day. Word FM and Cross International is asking for your help to provide life-saving resources for children in these African countries to solve this crisis and assist with COVID-19 efforts. A $62 one-time gift provides food, water, COVID-19 assistance, and a Bible. You can get involved right now by calling 866-806-2977 or look for the Cross International banner at wordfm.com.
6: You're about to hear a commercial for a very unique mortgage team that has a very specific advantage that could save your family monthly and lifelong money. Two things you should know. One, we were started by a dad and his son and his wife and his sister-in-law, and we've grown to be a faith-focused mortgage team that's helping families across the U.S. We're faith and family at our core, and we don't hide it. Two, we've still stayed fairly small, on purpose. We're only about a couple dozen people, a makeup that we believe lets us truly know every person that calls. But we also have a big advantage. Our company is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. A reality that often allows us to get you a better rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. At UnitedFaithMortgage.com.
4: We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out of pocket money. You have to pay before
7: closing. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York, MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672.
2: As the will of the students goes, so goes the will of the nation. This is a central theme of the new movie, Return to the Hiding Place, the film about Corey Tenboom and her secret army of teenagers' heroic efforts to hide and save Jews from the Nazis during World War II. Corey's story was made famous by her book and original movie produced by the Billy Graham Association. Now, Now, forty-five years later, comes Return to the Hiding Place, the untold behind-the-scenes true story of Corey's secret army of student teenagers' efforts to rescue Jewish people. Told by Hans Poli, one of Corey's teens in the resistance, Return to the Hiding Place is an action-packed film of the Dutch underground's true, breathtaking rescue of an entire orphanage of Jewish children. Return to the Hiding Place, starring John Rhys Davies. Watch this captivating movie tonight with your older children at SalemNow.com and save twenty percent with the promo code Movie. Turn to The Hiding Place at SalemNow.com, promo code MOVIE. Due to historical content, might not be suitable for younger audiences.
4: It's an unwritten rule of motherhood to put family before yourself. While very noble, it can also be counterproductive. This is Dr. Corin Garchak, the female half of the husband and wife team at Tranquility Specific Chiropractic. As a mother of two, let me encourage you, Mom, not to ignore those aches and pains you've been feeling. Your family needs you at your best. We're here to help you meet the challenge. Tranquility Specific Chiropractic, 412 833 1314.
3: The nation's capital is a hubbub of activity. There are so many things that are percolating across the United States. We're grateful every Monday to start off the show by inviting Greg Clugston. Greg is the SRN News White House correspondent ensconced at the White House right now. And Greg, welcome back. Happy Monday to you.
0: Thanks, guys. Hi, John. Kathy, good to be here. You as
3: well.
4: Always you. good to have you, Greg. Uh, I will tell you, it's National Lobster Day, and I'm going to be asking you about that later in nice. our conversation. Uh, okay. But for- Yeah, but for now, let's talk about the president. So he is going to be holding his first rally in three months. Uh, There was some consternation over the date because he picked June 19th in Tulsa, which was uh, a little tone deaf. He's uh, put it back to Saturday the 20th. Tell us about it.
0: Yeah, uh, Friday the 19th is Juneteenth, which is a day uh, important uh, in, in the country in terms of commemorating the end of slavery in the United States. A lot of black Americans uh, recognize and commemorate that day for obvious reasons. And that was the original date, as you mentioned, that the Trump campaign said that the president would be uh, would be there. Uh, Tulsa on June uh, 10th, uh, nearly 100 years ago, is also the site um, and date of uh, of of a tragedy in terms of uh, really a massacre of black Americans. And so there was a lot of history on that date in that same city, Tulsa. And so the Trump campaign said, look, we're going to move it to uh, Saturday the 20th instead. So they delayed it by 24 hours. And uh, the Trump campaign and the president said, look, they had, they had heard some feedback and they, they just wanted to be respectful. And they went ahead and changed the date by one day.
3: Good. So this is sort of a, a pre-pandemic, old style President Trump rally, Greg. Um, what about the safety precautions? Uh, will masks be enforced? Will people be having their temperature taking? What about what about all those uh, particulars?
0: Yeah. In fact, the president and the vice president and some members of his administration um, just finished uh, a roundtable discussion, and reporters were in the room. Uh, at the White House, just a few minutes ago, and that was one of the questions that the President and the Vice President addressed. We still don't know we don't know all the particulars yet, John, but there will be um, safety screenings that will be going on um, um, probably at a minimum temperature checks for all of the people uh, entering the arena to be there for the rally in Tulsa on Saturday. But in terms of masks, whether they are required or simply encouraged, and if there are any other health protocols, we're going to have to wait and hear on that.
4: See. Greg, what kind of, uh, of press representation will be there? Will you travel to Tulsa? Will you stay in D.C.? What's your plan?
0: Um, I, I think I'm, I'm probably going to be staying here um, right now. Um, I'm, I'm in the travel rotation. And when I say we, uh, or, or I, I mean the Salem Radio News, uh division is in the travel rotation uh with with the presidential domestic travel um and so um we're still ironing out the the details i don't believe it's essentially our turn because it's on a rotating basis uh to uh, to to attend with the president but there will certainly be a press contingent there of both local and national media uh covering the event and whether there are, you know, obviously for, for the reporters who travel with the president on Air Force One, there are health protocols, there are COVID tests, temperature scans, that kind of thing mm-hmm. that are happening every day, whether the president's at the White House or whether he's traveling. So at least the press corps that travels, uh, will, will have those, uh, safety, you know, go through those protocols. But at the same time, anybody, uh, who's in a building with 20,000 or so people is going to be put at some, a greater risk than they would if they weren't inside a building with 20,000 people.
3: Right. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston is with us. So the, the, the president has been um, pretty uh, forceful in his refusal to wear a mask. Um, what about that, Greg? What about the safety concerns for the president? I mean, you know, he's not a spring chicken. You, you would think that there'd be a lot of conversation and um, an encouragement to wear a mask. Any insight on that?
0: Well, there have been a, a, a few hints and short little statements the president has made uh, in terms of uh, interactions with the press uh, when he's been asked about these kinds of things uh, over the last couple of weeks, as well as what some uh, White House officials are willing to say, uh, typically on, on background, because uh, they maybe haven't even talked to the president specifically about the matter, but it, it the president gives the strong impression um, uh, both in words and in otherwise, that he, he views uh, masks um, as really more of a, of a, a personal decision. Uh, in, in a lot of cases, they're recommended and not required, and so he says it's simply up to an American individual to make that decision. Um, he also, uh, I do believe, based on what he said in terms of his interaction with one reporter in the Rose Garden a couple of weeks ago, that he views the wearing of masks as a politically correct statement so he sees some some politics behind um... efforts by people to uh... to be wearing masks um, and he probably sees it as a, as a sign of weakness. He, he's had a couple of tours of factories and plants where uh, just about everybody was wearing masks because it was the, required, it was the requirement of employees uh, in that facility. Uh, and he said that he wore them backstage but did not wear them when he was in front of the press and in front of the cameras. So he does not want to be photographed wearing a mask.
4: Well, uh, none of us want to be photographed wearing a mask, and yet a lot of us are being photographed daily wearing masks. My daughter just graduated from high school last weekend, and we got all the graduation pictures in masks. That was our only option. Greg Luxton with us, SRN News White House correspondent. So uh, masks or no masks, it certainly looks like coronavirus cases are increasing uh, in the southwestern part of the United States and in the south, particularly Arizona and Alabama. Any comment from the president or the White House team on that?
3: Well, the
0: the president was asked uh, generally um, about the coronavirus a few moments ago, and he he, he didn't talk specifically about those spikes, um, uh, and I'm still listening to some of the uh, the feedback, and uh, I'll be looking over the transcript of all of his remarks here, but uh, he was generally focusing on overall trends. Uh, and the reopening of the economy. but there are there are some concerns uh, in those two states as well as some other states in those regions of the country that have uh, for example, since the reopening of a lot of states and cities, and the re- and the uh, the celebration over Memorial Day a few weeks ago, was, I mean, the number of cases reported, the number of hospitalizations is also up. Um, when we have when we have seen the rising coronavirus cases, Sometimes the administration or other officials would point to, well, there is increased testing, so therefore there are going to be more cases being reported. Um, but it's the, it's the higher rate of hospitalizations now uh, that is is troubling to some because that indicates obviously more serious cases.
3: I see, we're speaking with White House reporter Greg Clugston who joins us from SNR S R N News, Salem Radio News. Greg, uh, let's move forward to uh, the Supreme Court today. Two cases were announced, uh, LGBT rights, civil rights, and uh, something to do with guns. Talk to us about both those cases.
0: Yeah, I'll start with guns real quickly because essentially the Supreme Court did not take any action on up to 10 different appeals cases that dealt with gun control Issues uh, from various state states across the country. So, uh, a lot of gun rights advocates were hoping that the Supreme Court might um, say, "You know what? We need to we need to loosen or uh, push back on some of these gun control measures in the states." But the court simply said that uh, they were going to leave them intact. So no real changes on that front, but it was still noteworthy in, in any case. The other, uh, the other decision was a very consequential ruling, and it had to do with um, LGBT rights, and essentially the court ruled in a 6-3 to three ruling, which means that you had four of the court's liberal justices and two conservatives joining them. Those conservatives were Neil Gorsuch and John Roberts. They said that the Civil Rights Act from 1964 protects same-sex and gender and, and transgender people from workplace bi- bias. So discrimination in the workplace will apply to them. And I was there for the arguments when they were um, when they were held at the Supreme Court back in October. And it's interesting because you had an alliance defending freedom attorney who was essentially making a case to the court, to the nation's high court. That when the Civil Rights Act was passed back in the um, 1960s, the definition of the word sex was essentially referring to gender, male or Mm -hmm. female, and uh, Alliance Defending Freedom and many others simply argued that uh, that was not the intent of those who passed that law at that time, meaning that it would extend to LGBTQ uh, and, and all the rest. So it's a very interesting case, and you have a lot of conservatives, a lot of uh, social and um, conservative Christian groups, religious organizations that have expressed their unhappiness today with that because they, they feel that the court was uh, was not doing mm-hmm. its, its justice here.
4: Yeah, and, it, and of course, the... Um I don't know. We'll all see how it comes out in practical application. I think that's what people are concerned about. It'll be interesting to see. Greg Cluxton with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, it looks like the Republican National Committee has decided to shift the convention. We're, we're going to a different location. Is that right?
0: Yeah, we talked about this last Monday about the possibility of that happening and Jacksonville, Florida is the is the location now where the president is going to be receiving or accepting the party's nomination. Um, Now, it's interesting because the party says that they still have contractual obligations with the city of Charlotte, North Carolina, where it was originally going to be held, and they say that there's still going to be some convention business that is conducted there. For example, the president, you know, would have the the delicate roll call, what may happen there, and the president may be formally nominated there, uh, but all of the... uh, you know, the major speeches, including the president's acceptance speech, will be happening now in Jacksonville.
7: Okay,
4: will that be happening outside, Greg?
0: No, it's going to be happening at an an indoor arena, and that's one of the reasons why the RNC made the move, uh, as we discussed earlier, because North Carolina's officials wouldn't guarantee being able to have a packed um, uh, basketball arena for the convention speeches by the president and others. And uh, the Jacksonville officials said, you're going to be able to have that ability. So... (laughs) It all came down to whether or not you could pack thousands of people in to hear the president accept his party's nomination.
3: Greg, uh, before you leave us, let's uh, talk briefly about the ongoing racial tension, uh, of course, today. Uh, More demonstrations, more uh, um, uh, peace rallies and whatnot. Uh, The president uh, has talked about this. Of course, he made headlines last week with uh, standing in front of uh, the church with a Bible. uh, Talk to us about the president and uh, his perspective on the, um, the, uh, the peace marches.
0: Yeah, and, and specifically the incident that we uh, we've been hearing about since the weekend in Atlanta, the shooting uh, of a black man there, and the killing of of that individual, um, which sparked even more um, you know unrest in the Atlanta area. Uh, but it's also been picked up across the country. The president did describe that a few minutes ago as a very terrible incident and uh, found it to be very disturbing. In fact, the president is going to be signing an executive order tomorrow. Uh, and it's going to deal with police reform it's going to be dealing with police tactics all under uh, you know the umbrella of dealing with uh, with the issue of racism and so uh he was he was essentially saying that uh, he's going to still be emphasizing law and order, but he also wants to make sure that this is about justice and safety. So he said that's the overall goal of his uh, police reform executive order. And this, uh, he said, could also be something that is uh, in addition to whatever Congress may decide uh, to pass in terms of legislation. But the White House is taking action, and we'll hear more about that from the president tomorrow. Very
4: good. All right, great. Now, before you leave us, we have to talk lobster because it is National Lobster Mm. Day. Greg, do you enjoy yourself some lobster?
0: You know, I'm not a I'm not a huge lobster fan. I I don't I don't hate it, but uh, it's not my first choice.
4: Okay, all right. So if I asked you your favorite place for getting lobster, it'd be kind of silly because you don't really care.
0: <laughs> well, besides Red Lobster, right? I mean,
4: <laughs> mm. yeah. I'm sorry, we can't accept that answer. <laughs> the
3: seafood I, lover I, in I you, Greg.
0: Yeah, I didn't think that would fly. You know, and it's funny because I, it's it's not that I don't la- like seafood. I grew up in the uh, in the Pacific Northwest, so oh, yeah. uh, I like a, I like salmon at a good salmon bake. You know, mm-hmm. that'll be uh, mm-hmm. something that I would enjoy. So I I can't help you out much with the lobster. I apologize. All right,
3: that's fine. All right, we do well, what we can, Greg. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch whenever it's uh, salmon day, Greg. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Thanks, guys. <Yeah. laughs>
3: Thank you, Greg Clogston, Salem Radio News. Can find information about Greg at wordfm.com. Take a break, come back. Uh, Kath, uh, yeah. some mm-hmm. weird stories coming up here. Yeah, right?
4: Argentina pastor has turned his church into a bar to uh, protest the lockdown. What do you sure. say? Good Fine. strategy? No.
8: Do you have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keeps coming back? Take the five-question gut check to see if it could be more than occasional constipation. It could be irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess, or linacletide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess is not a laxative. It works differently. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements
1: individual results may vary do not give to children less than six and it should not be given to children six to less than 18 it may harm them do not take lens s if you have a bowel blockage get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain especially with bloody or black stools the most common side effect is diarrhea sometimes severe if it's severe stop taking lens s and call your doctor right away other side effects include gas stomach area pain and swelling
8: talk to your doctor about whether Linzess is right for you. Go to Linzess.com to take the five-question gut check. That's L I N Z E S dot com or call 1-800-LINZESS.
6: Hi, I'm John Henny from Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for
8: life.
5: Connecting you with new customers. With thousands of locally
9: owned Napa stores across the nation, chances
8: are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, a Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how.
6: We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM. Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, In, and at radio.com.
9: Tonight, partly cloudy with a low 57. Partial sunshine tomorrow with a high 80. Clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 58. Wednesday, times of clouds and sun with a high of 81. Partly cloudy skies for Wednesday night with a low 61. And Thursday, sun and clouds with a shower, or thunderstorm, and a high 84. With your of the forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. <music>
4: All right. So, you know, people who are churchgoers are responding differently to the lockdown regulations, I would say. You know, there's a spectrum of people. I would say perhaps the Orthodox priest, the Roman Catholic priest, a little more willing to just go along with what the government says and safety regulations that have been laid out. Like the closer you go on the evangelical spectrum, you get like, crazier behavior. Like, you know, don't tread on me. Don't tell me what to do and, you know, keep your government out of my church. Well, this guy in Argentina has not only kind of veered in that direction, but he's using some serious strategy as well. Also, Okay. So Argentina has a ban on church services for over 10 people. Okay. However, at the same time, Argentina has just recently opened restaurants and bars. So See, that's this the same pattern. thing as the
3: United States, right? Yeah. You can so, congregate in a bar and a restaurant, but you can't go to church.
4: Well, you can still go to church here.
3: You know, you know pre this opening. Yeah. Oh,
4: pre this opening. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so they're not, you know, if they have more than 10 people, they're not allowed to go. So this evangelical pastor decided uh, to set up bar tables inside the Comunidad Redentor Evangelical Church in the city of San Lorenzo. <laughs> I'm laughing just because sometimes you just have to laugh, okay? And pastors who were dressed up as waiters, John, carried Bibles on their trays Mm. Okay, in a mock service to get around Argentina's coronavirus lockdown, which prohibits more than 10 people in houses of worship, but of course has opened the bars. Daniel Cataneo, the pastor, said, quote, we are standing here today dressed like this, (laughs) carrying Bibles on trays, because it seems this is the only way we can serve the word of God. He said, we have, quote, opened up a worship bar.
3: Wait, no, wait. So are they actually serving alcohol?
4: No. Oh. They're not serving alcohol. They're just acting like it's a bar, but without the alcohol, which means it's not really a bar. I see. Sure. You know, anyway, um, the province of Santa Fe has a very low number of cases, according to USA Today, where I'm reading from, and has reopened bars, but churches still subjugated to rules of 10 people or less. Uh, the pastors also announced a drive-in worship to circumvent the ban. John, how had- do How do you feel about turning churches into bars during lockdown? Do you you have a comment or an opinion on that?
3: The phrase that you just said, the worship bar. Now, in the bars that I've been in, there's been a lot of worshiping going on, but Uh it hasn't been worshiping of Jesus. It's Mm been mostly the worship of alcohol Mm -hmm. or the patrons or maybe the band in some instances. (laughs) Uh, This is a new instance, a Uh worship bar. I kind of like the phrase. Do you like it? I mean, look. Uh, we're called to evangelize. This is a, a, a right. new chapter in evangelization, Kath. You
4: know, I right? thought of something relatively scandalous. Hmm. I was debating whether I should say it or not. Look, John's like, you should probably not, but I think I will. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Here it comes.
4: I was wondering as I was preparing for today's show whether maybe if some of our churches were a little more like bars, hmm. maybe we would have more people in them.
3: Oh, uh, there's no doubt about that, right? I'm in a bar, just people come come as you are. But what goes on inside a bar right. is not necessarily – I mean, that's not good. That's not good.
4: No, it's not good. It's not good all the time. But there is something about people being able to come in come as, as you are. they are. Right. Norm. And, I, and I'm not sure when we ended up running churches that people think are for good people.
3: Well, see, I'm not sure I buy that, Kath, because okay. you know whenever people come into your church – I mean, I don't think anybody it, it, is it. I think it's an old sort of weird misnomer that, oh, who's this outsider? He's apparently not a good person. Or uh, I think churches are much more welcoming, right, than they've ever been.
4: No, no, no. I think it's the people who aren't in church who think the churches are for good people. And that's why oh, they're not I, in there.
3: I guess that's true. Right. Yeah.
4: I don't but think that, I think you're probably right that a lot of the people who are in church don't think that. No, but I think that's one of the reasons why people don't walk in the door.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm sure. Just because it's awkward and weird. But I, I, but you know, a I mean, gin and bars tonic are also
4: can be very awkward and weird. Let's yeah, just, but you know, yeah. you have a
3: gin and tonic or a beer, you kind of relax a little bit. So I mean, you know, not to say that that's a good thing at church. You're not going to, unless you're like there for the communion, like a lot of communion.
4: Right. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, my penchant for going into bars and sitting there ordering a yeah, lemon and reading a book. Right. There's nothing wrong with that, people. No,
3: no, that's fine. I've used it as a
4: successful life choice for a long time.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a break, come back. Uh, Pastor Frank Tillman, who's been on our show uh, many times in the past, he's the pastor of Christian Fellowship Center and the Church of God in Christ. Last Monday, his church fell down. Literally fell down. And Pastor Frank will be with us in a few minutes, Reverend Tillman, to talk about that, what it sounded like, what it looked like, what it means for him and his congregation. Stick around. It's the ride home with John and Kathy, the Monday Addiction here on 101.5 Word FM.
7: 101.5
3: W
1: O R D. Coming up on Love Worth Finding.
2: Ever have any problems? Oh, you do? Congratulations. Because you see, a problem really is an opportunity in disguise. God wants you to see your problems as potentialities.
1: Be sure to join us for more of Adrian Rogers' series, Turning Problems into Possibilities, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD.
4: Worried about deductibles and copays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial, they've got you covered. This is Kathy Emmons. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything. Copays pays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three-to-one benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today. Seven two four eight eight four fourteen ninety-six and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's seven two four eight eight four fourteen ninety six Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at Marleyfg.com.
7: At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. do you shop with local businesses because you know your purchase supports your neighbors or maybe you research before making a purchase because you know better than to trust the marketing hype if any of this sounds familiar you just might be an original mattress factory customer at omf we value our amazing customers and work hard to exceed their expectations every day visit an omf store near you or OriginalMattress.com to learn more
3: Pastor Frank Tillman is with us. Pastor is the pastor of the Christian Fellowship Center and the Church of God in Christ. Last Monday, a cataclysmic event happened at the church. Here to talk to us about that is Reverend Tillman. Frank, welcome back to the show. How are you, Pastor? God bless you. Doing well, thank you.
4: Good. Frank, tell us what last Monday was like for you. What happened?
10: Well, Monday at 430, I got a call. Uh, No, I'm sorry. it was at 4.30. It it happened at at 12.30, but I got a call at 4.30, letting me know that uh, one of my neighbors is next to the church. I felt like she heard an explosion. It happened at 12.30 on uh, June the 8th. And uh, when I got there, it was about half an hour later, and the roof uh, caved in. It just collapsed. And... uh, there was a large portion of bricks that was out on the street on McClure Avenue, as well as on the side of the property. Hmm. I was just devastated when it occurred, but I still just held on to the faith and start praising God, just like Job. Yeah.
3: Now, Pastor, the church is, is a very old church. It goes back to the, the 1860s, the building. Isn't that true?
10: The building was, was uh, erected and built in 1861.
5: Wow. wow.
3: And well, so because of that, Frank, I mean, uh, Pastor, certainly a very old building requires a heck of a lot of upkeep, you know, and, and uh, talking to you and reading about you and um, a building like that, I mean, it just gets away from you, doesn't it?
10: Well, it was overwhelming, uh, John. First, uh, we had uh, a crisis with our uh, boiler and we had it repaired. And then after it was repaired, it was starting malfunctioning again. They gave us an astronomical bill and gas bill. And then the roof started failing. We start, uh, we did the best we could by having roofers go up and work on the building, yeah. but it really needed a brand new roof, which would cost a million dollars. And, uh, but we did what we could to keep the place sound. We had a small sanctuary in the back. That's what we were using. And, uh, this one thing led to the other, which was, uh, on our, our, uh, control.
7: Mm.
4: Right. Pastor Frank Tillman with us, Christian Fellowship Center Church of God in Christ. Frank, talk to us about um, the relief you must have experienced when you realized nobody was hurt. I mean, it's 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 a miracle.
10: Uh, truly, it was. I had my deacon working on the side of the building, cutting grass, and uh, he claimed that it was God punched him in the back. That he saw his back was sore. He went home to get some rest. By the time he got home was when the building collapsed. And had he would have stayed, it was definitely where he was at. It, 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 the wall would have caved right in on him. Then I had a neighbor who has a diner. His name is Don. He had Don's diner down the street from McClure. And he was walking his dog in front of the church. He noticed that our, our deacon was cutting the grass and uh, stood there for a few moments and walked to his house. And about the time he got to his house, like uh, 30 feet from the church, the building collapsed, and which he wasn't there when that happened. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it was truly a, a blessing. Because Plus, the blessing. traffic is on McClure. It usually comes uh, very heavily at 5 o'clock, and, and the building fell at 1230. So it was like traffic there was no cars at all during that time.
3: Wow. So, Pastor, um, the building essentially is a complete and total loss. Is that true?
10: Unfortunately, uh, we were trying to uh, plead with the uh, contractors to uh, spare us the the latter part of the end of the the church, but they said that was uh, being that the basement was one solid unit and it wasn't no separate walls, so they they told us to have the whole Mm -hmm. church uh, be flat.
4: Frank, tell us about the GoFundMe page that's been set up.
10: Uh, We just had it set up a few months ago, and I I sent the link to... uh, Charles, I mean, uh, John's phone uh, is go from the page of Christian Fellowship Center, Church of God in Christ. And uh, we're just gleaning uh, to get what we can as finance to uh, move into another facility, if this possible, by the grace of God.
3: Right. In the, in the meantime, Frank, your congregation, uh, you continue to meet someplace else, do you think?
10: Well, at this present moment, we're still on uh, a COVID uh virus uh symptoms so we so we have a phone conference that we've been doing within the last two months uh, although i have some churches in the uh, woods run section that's been very generous they respect me highly and they they're asking me it's like pleading which one i want to want to go to because they're all fighting for me to be there because of the love they have for me and uh, i can use their facilities uh, possibly we'll, we'll move into one of them by uh, July. I
3: see.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, Pastor, uh, God has certainly not abandoned you. Uh, our prayers are with you. We'll uh, make sure that our audience knows about the GoFundMe page, and uh, hopefully soon after this uh, turmoil settled down in the near future, you assemble with your uh, congregation again, and you all get to worship Christ together.
10: Oh, yes, sir, because the church is not the building, it's us. Mm-hmm. And we're standing firm on God's Word. He'll never leave us over a second. This life, nor the life to come. And for we know all things work together for good, to them who love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Because I'm just steadfast in this knowing that He has not given us a spirit of fear, but a love, power, and a sound mind. So just press Mark, where you send me, Well done, my good and faithful servant.
3: Amen. Pastor Frank Tillman joins us, the Christian Fellowship Center and the Church of God in Christ. Pastor Tillman, God bless you, sir.
10: God bless you, my dear brother. We'll keep on listening to you and Kathy on the line here. Enjoy me every time I ride down the highway. <laughs> I'm
3: into that. Bye, Thank Frank. you, Frank. We'll take a break. Come back. Uh, we've got a lot more heads. Stick around. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on 101.5. or at FM. We'll be back in just a minute.
4: This important message is for anyone experiencing financial hardship and owes back taxes to the IRS or has unfiled tax returns. Recent events have caused massive job layoffs and financially burdened millions. While tough times will go away, the IRS won't. At Community Tax, we're on top of evolving IRS collection policies that could make it easier to resolve tax problems and dramatically lower monthly payments. If you're facing a serious loss of income, you may qualify for IRS hardship programs that may lower your monthly payments or provide dramatic tax savings. For taxpayers who owe less than $250,000 and are in a payment arrangement with the IRS, new guidelines could lower your payments substantially.
1: Community Tax has decades of experience helping taxpayers with IRS collections. So call our helpline today for your free consultation and learn what programs you qualify for. Call 800-500-5588. That's 800-500-5588. 800-500-5588.
7: At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor.
6: So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us?
7: No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs.
6: But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients?
7: No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades.
6: So what's in it for you?
7: Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss.
8: Of hats, and these days she's wearing a few she hadn't expected, like homeschool teacher, mask maker, hand washing enforcer, social distance shopper, toilet paper finder, parent checker inner screen time negotiator, personal space administrator, and make sure everyone's happier, safer, and healthier. And to help you appreciate her, Trinity Jewelers is now open. Like hats, the best gifts are unexpected. At TrinityJewelers.com.
3: Monday, Monday. It's also a really fabulous Monday if you had a few bucks in your pocket and wanted in a restaurant was open and you wanted to go treat yourself, right? Right.
4: Mm hmm. National Lobster Day, John.
3: National Lobster Day. Okay. Now I love a lobster. Do you love, do you love lobster?
4: Uh, I think lobster is delicious. Like every once in a while, Yeah, it's of not course. something I'm ever like dying to have regularly.
3: No, right. It is a, a once in a while kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So like here in Pittsburgh, if I want a lobster roll, do you like a lobster roll?
4: I love a lobster roll.
3: You go to Roland's in the strip, mm-hmm. right? Yes. It's on that nice big toast, that bread, the right. butter. Oh, it's beautiful. And it's crammed with chunks of lobster. Right. That's beautiful. Mm I'm going to be happy to do that anytime. Now, a whole lobster, I can't tell you the last time I had a whole lobster. Mm. How about you?
4: Well, I was just in Maine uh, last summer, summer before last. And so I had a lot of, I had lobster every Mm -hmm. single day.
3: Did you though?
4: For, I don't know, 10 days. Really? Mm -hmm. Either lobster or, I think I had lobster every day.
3: Every day.
4: When you're in Maine, this is what you do. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know, I think maybe one day I had clams but I think every other day I had really? I had lobster.
3: Never had a burger. No. No, because you're in Maine. Did you no, have blueberries you have when you were in Maine as well?
4: I did have a lot of blueberries. Oh uh-huh. yeah, blueberry a lot pancakes, of blueberries. Yeah, of it was course, delicious. Yeah, yeah. It was fabulous. Blueberry coffee cake mm-hmm. was a special favorite of mine.
3: Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh my first real job as a kid was a bus boy at Pole Right,
4: Squirrel Hill. Right. Avenue.
3: And the bus boys would live for this. This happened rarely, that someone would order a lobster. And they found it not to their liking for some crazy reason, or they chose not to finish the whole lobster.
4: Don't even tell me that you guys ate the rest of the lobster they didn't eat. <laughs> of course we did. Are you kidding me? I
3: was 16 years of age, Kath. You kidding That's me? That's wrong.
4: That is wrong. I, I was 16. That is unsanitary, John. I, he,
3: I was a bus boy. You bring it back to the kitchen. You go, hey, that lady out there didn't eat her lobster, man. We'd be on there like a swarm. That is
4: hilarious. That's wrong. Give me that. Yeah. That's sick. Really, okay, so they used behavior.
3: To, I mean, no, it was fine. they used to it's be like you know. Fine, strawberry. but go on. It's, there used to be like the high end fish restaurant here in the city of Pittsburgh. Now, um, I sent you a photograph of Kleins. Yes. Remember Kleins in downtown Pittsburgh.
4: I remember Kleins very well, simply because my first date with my husband, he took me to Kleins. Did he? Yes.
3: He wasn't fooling around.
4: He was not fooling around, John. I mean, we only dated for two months before we decided we were getting married. So it's was like, let's get to it.
3: Really? So Klein's was an aphrodisiac for you.
4: Well, here's the, this is what he decided. He decided that he wanted to do, because we had known each other a long time and I just, you know, anyway, it's a very long story. But- <laughs> It's a good story. <laughs> but he decided he wanted to do something that we could repeat on a regular basis. So every year- we could go to Klein's for dinner. Right. We would go up on the bluff at Duquesne and look at the beautiful city, <laughs> the south side in the city. Yeah. And And we could go see the Nutcracker. And within one month, Klein's closed. Mm. And then they built the jail so mm-hmm. that you can't stand on the bluff anymore and look at yeah. the south side. And we were uh-huh. up with the Nutcracker. And then we thought, you know what? We don't really care about the ballet nut there. Nutcracker.
3: No. Okay, fine. <laughs> so yeah. the whole
4: thing was a bust. But I appreciate the heart of it. You
3: know? Yeah. So you went to client. Do you remember what you had for dinner? Clients, uh, I first believe day? I had
4: lobster clients.
3: Did you though? I think I did. See, I like a lobster, but isn't it humiliating the lobster
4: bib? And you, here's the thing what that's is that awkward about? is everything. You cannot Watching do that it. in a way you should never order. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like 23 years, 22 years old. I don't right. know what I was, but I, you don't know how to eat a lobster. No. And you certainly don't want to eat it in nice clothes. No. Was, right? a on a mistake. first
3: date it's, it's a first a big, date it's a
4: big mistake john it was yeah, a yeah. big mistake it's not the only one i made
3: but the good news is the little uh tub of butter i mean that sort of covers a multitude Why of is sins that's
4: so delicious What is it is drawn butter. butter yeah but what does what does drawn butter mean
3: um it's isn't it purified i don't know right it's strained isn't it i believe it I is. i don't know all the you know sort of you know the fatty tissue is removed from the butter and that's just the clear it's the you know
4: wow you're acting like you know what you're talking about
3: uh, it's pretty you know yeah i believe that's the truth okay well i would love a lobster i me. would too and yeah. i
4: loved remember the how cool the sign at Klein's was
3: oh it's fabulous it was sign. really yeah. really
4: cool it was really old pittsburgh it looked yeah. terrific I'm it's at the
3: heinz to history center now would you have you had a lobster at home
4: never i would mm-hmm. never do that yeah i could never put a living lobster in boiling water
3: but you'd eat it. Somebody else would kill it. You'd be fine I know, So
4: it. I'm a total hypocrite. And
3: well, you know, it's just how life is. I just,
4: but I couldn't do that. And it's just, I look at Mike's laughing at me. You know what, Mike?
3: You're laughing. <laughs> it's, just how life, it's just how life is, Mike. Right? Right? <laughs> Mike,
6: what? Go ahead. Pick on me. No, I'm actually not laughing at you, Kat. I'm just laughing at uh, John's... Uh... <laughs> Reply to that. as just, just how, how life, life is.
3: is. It's the truth. I mean, you such a hypocrite, is. but you know, who among us is not a hypocrite?
4: Hello? It's how life I mean, is. Please.
3: I mean, really? Like, you okay. And here's the thing, here's though. the driven if, snow.
4: if I had the option, if I wasn't, I mean, when you're in Maine, you feel like, I have to eat a lobster because this would, you know, it's like, you know. It's the
3: local economy. It's
4: like, you know, being in Germany and you, you're not having a pretzel. Like, right. just, that's not It's not right. Or but abroad. if it was a regular day, would you rather have lobster? shrimp clams scallops or fish what would be your thing
3: uh i would like to have mussels in oh. red sauce
4: oh a, a delicious option mike what did you say crab
3: legs oh crab legs, that's a, crab legs. that's a a lot of work that's a lot of effort work. Mike.
4: yeah no, but it's worth it the
3: work so. is worth it sucking that thing out of that crack and that oh, i yeah. mean that's a right no, So no. good mussels yeah, in i have red to sauce. say
4: i i would go fish every time
3: yeah You would
4: shellfish if, you know, if I had the option Mm -hmm. just because it's a heck of a lot easier.
3: Yeah. When's the last time you had a uh, McDonald's fish filet? Speaking maybe of when, the other side when, of maybe fish. Maybe
4: when I was 11.
3: Oh, no. You know, that's underrated. I, I like a fish filet.
4: Is, really, is it better oh, yeah, or worse yeah. than like a Gordon's that you get in the grocery Gordon's,
3: store? Gordon's. All the fish sticks. Right. I like a fish. St- it's not really fish, is
4: it? No, it isn't. But those are delicious. Fish. Gordon's yeah. fish sticks are delicious. No, yeah. They're totally no. artificial probably.
3: Sometimes I'm driving, you know, like driving around, East McDonald's and you think, mm-hmm. I'm doing a fish filet with some fries and a Coke.
4: <laughs> Can like, you get a fish oh, filet m- all the time at McDonald's or only during Lent?
3: No, Always. You can always get one. A little dab of tartar sauce, I mean, I like, like American living.
6: 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker, by saying, play the word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone, via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com.
5: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Supreme Court has ruled that a landmark civil rights law protects gay, lesbian, and transgender people from discrimination in employment. The court decided by a 6-3 vote today that a key provision of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 that bars discrimination because of sex, among other reasons, encompasses bias against gay and lesbian workers. The ruling also covers transgender people. On Wall Street, the market shook off a weak start and ended broadly higher after the Federal Reserve announced its latest measure to support markets. Markets turned higher immediately after the Fed said it would begin buying individual corporate bonds. The central bank's latest move to prop up volatile financial markets. The Dow gained 157 points today. The Nasdaq was up 137. This is SRN News. Things are finally starting to move again. Can you feel it? Things
3: are starting to move. Hey, it's John Hall. And right at the beginning of this, in March, my best friend Dan sprung a big leak on his roof. And so for the past forever months, he's had a blue tarp covering up his roof. Hey, Dan, you got a blue tarp on your roof. But now, thanks to United Faith Mortgage, Dan refinanced. And he's finally got a roofing crew working because things are moving again. United Faith Mortgage, online at unitedfaithmortgage.com. I mean, I'm not saying you've got a blue tarp on your roof, but like everybody else, you've been sitting in lockdown, and you can't help but think about your house and your money. Are you ready to refinance? Look online at unitedfaithmortgage.com, a small team with family and faith in the middle and something really big behind them, a direct lender advantage, often giving you a better rate and saving you money. Start online, unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York, MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672.
11: It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorka here, inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel. December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand With Israel Tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at SebGorka.com. On the Stand With Israel Tour, history, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit SebGorka.com and click on the Israel banner. That's SebGorka.com S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com
8: Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to Control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com.
4: Finding the right type of care for your loved one can be a highly emotional decision. Moving your loved one to a nursing home, rehab center, or independent care may not be necessary. XL Home Care can provide a warm, family-like environment with an Excel caregiver, or you may even qualify to get paid to take care of the ones you love. To learn more, call 412-212-8950. 412-212-8950. Excel Home Care, a help-at-home
8: company.
9: Tonight, partly cloudy with a low 57. Partial sunshine tomorrow with a high 80. Clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 58. Wednesday, times of clouds and sun with a high of 81. Partly cloudy skies for Wednesday night with a low 61. And Thursday, sun and clouds with a shower, or thunderstorm and a high 84. With your Accu the Forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick.
2: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
3: Hey, thanks for coming along for the Monday edition of The Ride Home. Kath. good to see you. Um, Doing a little weekend shopping. I was at uh, Giant Eagle and uh, walking by the deli, which is uh, really weird. the, the, The deli person is, you know, of course, behind the counter. And then I think you've got to stand, it's way beyond six feet. It's at least 10 feet back where you're supposed to stand. And literally, as I'm walking by, I heard the guy say, I'll have a pound of bologna. I heard this, and the lady behind the deli said, you want some macaroni? And, of course, she's saying that because the man in the giant eagle is wearing his mask. So everything now... You you have to have extra good hearing or extremely it. precise enunciation.
4: Listen, I am at Giant Eagle myself last night. Yeah. For the first time, I have not stepped foot in my Giant Eagle since February. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was there last night with my daughter and we both had masks on. The store beca- being late on a Sunday night was relatively quiet. Yeah, good. And we were in an aisle and I asked her what she thought of something. And the next thing I know, she disappeared. And I thought, well, that's weird. Like, where did she go? Anyway, about five minutes later, she comes back with some random grocery item. I said, where'd you go? She said, well, I went to get the thing you asked me for. I said, I didn't ask you for that. (laughs) Now, listen, we're related, okay? So we're used to hearing each other talk. Yeah. And she totally misunderstood what I said in a nearly empty store. It's just impossible. impossible it is to communicate well in masks in a public space right okay so now listen let me just clarify it doesn't mm -hmm. mean i'm not wearing a mask because i will always wear a mask when i'm in a public space because that's the safe and kind thing to do Mm -hmm. as we care for our brothers and sisters you need to wear a mask it doesn't mean you have to like it i hate it i'm just still doing it because it's the best thing
3: right have you had a phone conversation yet with the mask on (laughs)
4: I have not had a phone conversation with a mask on. That would <laughs> yeah. be truly horrible.
3: Someone called me while I was uh, out running errands, and I was forced to have a conversation. It was horrible, horrible.
4: You can't, you can't say anything. No. Listen, listen to this. I am at a an event, um, like a community event, and everybody had a mask on, which I really appreciated here in Ross Township. Mm-hmm. Okay, this man comes up to me, and he starts talking to me, and it is clear, John, that he knows me and knows me pretty well. Really? Because he's saying things that like my friends would know, except
3: <laughs> you don't know who this guy is. I
4: had no idea who he was mm. because I couldn't see half of his face. Right. Okay? And I also could barely understand what he was saying because we're <laughs> outside. We're like by a busy street. So I was, I could barely hear his language. Mm. I could not see his face and it was disconcerting to say the least. <laughs> I had to wait till the next day when I talked to somebody who was also there so they could tell me who it was. Right. And then I was like, oh, I love him.
7: I didn't.
3: (laughs) How about like when you were younger and like an adult would say something to you and you didn't understand what they were saying? And then me, my default was always like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Of course. Now I would go, you know, I have the wherewithal to say, I'm sorry, I didn't understand. Now I just, this only makes it worse.
4: It makes it way worse. It makes it's just terrible. I mean, the 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 likelihood of communicating badly with the mask on mm-hmm. in a public place is very high.
3: It's very high. What if you worked for NASA and you were like, you know, entrusted with, you know, Seriously. launching a satellite into space or something. And all of a sudden it was, you know, just screwed up because your mask.
4: I mean, I was thinking about this last night when I was communicating poorly to my daughter in our local Giant Eagle. Um, I was thinking that how can physicians and nurses communicate so well? And then the first thing I thought of was, of course, they're in quiet environments. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a, in a patient's room or you're in a surgical suite or something like that, it's relatively quiet. It's right. a whole different thing than like being out on Penn Avenue mm-hmm. in the strip district.
3: Sure. Yeah. So uh, this brings up a point. Uh, what is the shape of your mask? I mean, uh, have you worn the same mask? Have you switched out masks? Uh, you so, have multiple masks. What,
4: what about that? Well, the that? first mask I had is the one that your wife made me. God bless her. did God yeah. bless her. Um, but I found with that mask, mask that my problem was I needed something that pinched my nose at That's the top. That's the
3: problem. Right, I needed right. some elastic or something. She made a, a second-generation mask. Oh, did she? Yeah. yeah. You didn't so, get those.
4: No, I didn't get no. I, I only got the prototype. That's all right. That's okay. It was free, right? Yeah, right. Um, And she was being kind to give it to me. In a pinch. So I did buy one online that has like, you know, a Mm -hmm. nose pinch type of thing.
3: And does it have a filter, a mm -hmm. removable filter? So just a cloth mask. Yeah, it's not,
4: it's like canvas. It's made by a company that makes uh, backpacks. I see. And so, you know, kind of a bag company, not kind of, it is a bag company. Is it comfortable? It's not bad. It's, Mm -hmm. I really, I, I got one. Everybody in my family, really likes it Mm -hmm. i mean as much as you can like a mask because of course we all hate them (laughs) right
3: i find that when i go in public i often uh have a little mask envy
4: i felt the same thing right
3: i go i look at someone i go
4: wait a second that's a nice mask.
3: that's a very nice mask if do you mind if i ask you where did you get the mask right i mean
4: okay let me say this hmm. let me say this you know, there's the racial tension is high in America right now. I think we all know this, but I want to be bold and say that my African American women friends yeah. have really nice masks. They do. I mean, like very stylish. There's mm-hmm. all sorts of different patterns. Every time I see them, I think, Oh, look! I, I wish I had that mask. You're
3: gonna get me one of those. I just right. have a
4: navy blue one.
3: Right. I'm really what I really want is like a, a several like of the official. Like I want like the major league mask, like the N95. Oh, but I, I thought like, you
4: meant like the major league, like you want a pirate one.
3: Oh, no, no. I want like, you know, like, oh, yeah. This is I don't so. want
4: anything that has to do with, with the major leagues right now. No, Nothing. of course not. No, I'm no. So but disgusted I've, with the oh. owners and players. I'm so, can I say this publicly, loudly, disgusted of course, I with pay no attention.
3: Them. I pay no attention to them. I Good really don't. I for you.
4: You're happier that way. No,
3: but I want a mask that, you know, looks like I just, you know, performed a gallbladder surgery. <laughs> you know what I mean?
4: Well, we're trying to save those for medical professionals who are actually fighting the battle.
3: <laughs>
4: so like you right. going to Rite Aid is not falling I'm in that I'm just being
3: category. honest. I'm just wanting to tell you that, you know, I get the mask envy going thing. Okay, That's all.
4: great. That's all. Dream on. Mm-hmm. All right. Coming up next, Brett McCracken, Senior Editor of the Gospel Coalition will be with us. Exit the echo chamber. It's time to persuade. How is it that we can actually talk to each other and listen? That's next, the Monday edition of The Ride Home.
6: WORD.
1: All of us lead busy lives, raising our children, keeping up with tasks at work, maintaining relationships with others. But as Christians, all of these activities should be shaped by one overarching priority, the gospel. That's our subject all this week on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD.
8: The only reason why that you got a voice. That's it. There we go. That's Sheriff Chris Swanson speaking to protesters on the streets of Flint, Michigan. Second that he represents who these cops are from all over the county and around this nation. We go out there to help people, not do that nonsense. There we go. Proof that sometimes the best use of authority is to lay it down. We want to be with y'all for real. So I took my helmet off and laid the batons down. I want to make this a parade, not a protest. Maybe an end to police brutality and riots could really happen. If we just walk a mile in each other's shoes. These cops love you. You tell us what you need to do. Way to go, Sheriff. Stay positive. Stay strong. And carry on. And know that at Word FM, we're listening.
6: As mothers and caregivers, we tend to put others before ourselves.
4: Former Texas Governor Ann Richards once said, if you think taking care of yourself is selfish, change your mind. In planning for your retirement, it's important to pay yourself first. Women have unique needs as investors. They generally live longer than men and have less saved. Kurt Konodik and
6: the team at Accurate Solutions Group have developed a complimentary guide to help women achieve financial independence called 10 Tips to Help Empower Women Investors. This guide addresses the reasons every woman should have a financial financial plan of her own. For your copy of this guide from Accurate Solutions Group, call or text TIPS to 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Don't put others' retirement plans before your own. Take the first step toward your financial independence today. Call or text
4: TIPS to 412-515-3555.
1: Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC.
4: I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me.
8: Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com.
1: Some of your favorite pastors and authors like Charles Stanley, John Piper, and Max Lucado are bringing you their most popular devotionals for free. Discover the joy and peace you can experience every day when you spend time in God's Word daily. Sign up for daily devotionals from Crosswalk. And get inspiration and encouragement sent right to your
3: inbox with devotionals for parenting, singles, women, workplace, and more. Crosswalk.com offers spiritual growth for every stage of life. Visit Crosswalk.com. The Echo Chamber something we've been talking about for you know, a long time, and yep. I think all of us, one form or another, even though you may deny you live in the echo chamber, oh, you do. we do. I mean, our circles are so tiny, and of course, you know, we choose what circles we're belonging to, and it's, it's just that a reverb. It comes back, and we all nod our head and go, yeah, 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 yeah. The echo chamber, it's a very dangerous place to be, and Brett McCracken is with us. Brett is senior editor at the Gospel Coalition, author of Uncomfortable, The Awkward and Essential Challenge of Christian Community, Gray Matters navigating the space between legalism and liberty and hipster Christianity when church and cool collide. Brett, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Hey,
12: great to be back with you guys.
3: Yeah, thanks yeah. a lot.
4: Thanks for being here, Brett. Okay, so isn't um, isn't communication right now weird? I mean, obviously we're largely in our homes, so that's weird. We're doing stuff yeah. online, whether it's Zoom or, you know, what whatever your platform is Um, and then of course a lot of people are delving into social media in a way that they haven't simply because they're home and have access to their phone or their ipad or whatever more often Um, the echo chamber brett it, it seems to be coming seems to be becoming an even bigger stronger in my opinion, more negative force. I was just on Twitter this morning and, you know, someone expressed an opinion, just a a well-known Christian leader expressed an opinion on kind of what she thought heaven might look like. Well, I want to tell you, people were so (laughs) ridiculous in their criticism. I mean, it was like someone wondering, it was someone saying, oh, how great it's going to be. The next thing I know, it's like wild animals attacking each other verbally. I mean, what in the world, Brett?
12: Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think things were bad before COVID hit. Like, it's not like the echo chamber problem wasn't a problem in January and February. It was, but I do feel like the situation in our world has really devolved in the last few months. With you know more time on our hands, perhaps to, to to go online and spend so much of our days just wrapped up in online debates. But I also think just the stress and the the kind of emotional stress everyone is feeling is adding to this this um, you know rage and our propensity to just attack you know every little statement that's made whether it's about heaven or some other innocuous thing you know it's just it's so discouraging when I see the mob you know jump on things like that like it's a it, maybe I can understand it when it's like a incendiary comment that someone makes that's meant to like rile people up but when it's just a good faith opinion someone is putting out there, we don't. If we don't have the capacity to respond charitably to that, then it's really kind of a doomsday scenario for discourse.
3: Right. So, Brett, in your piece, exit the echo chamber. It's time to persuade. The first thing you talk about is Christian fragility. I mean, talk about that because y- yeah. you want to be strong in your points of view, right? But at the same time, you don't want to be an idiot. And at the same time, you don't want to be milk toast,
12: Right. Yeah. I mean, the the kind of um, the main issue I'm critiquing in the article is this idea that we've come to in our culture where, you know, we're, we're so fragile. We're so hypersensitive that anytime someone voices an opinion or presents a fact that is at all threatening to us, um, we, we shut it down. We, we immediately jump to labeling them something horrible or uh, name-calling. And, you know, our own president does this, so he's setting the tone for our country. He, you know, any, anything that he doesn't like in the news, he resorts to name-calling. But I, I want to make clear in the article, it's not just, you know, the secular folks who are guilty of being hyper-fragile and wanting to shut down a conversation. Christians are guilty of it too, and we have often been so uh, worried about you know toxic ideas and kind of liberal ideas you know, seeping into our homes and our, our kids that we're overprotective, and we, we tend to want to create safe spaces of our own. And um, I just don't think that's helpful um, across the board. You know, If we're, if we're looking for truth, um, as a society, and Christians of all people should be about that. We should believe that truth exists in an objective way, and we need to discover it. That's not going to be an easy thing. It's going to require kind of um, some amount of discomfort and, and kind of contending for the truth, which is inevitably going to be contentious. So we need to not be so afraid of that that we just shut down any ideas that uh, frighten us.
4: Right. Right. Brett, talk about the line between uh, watching your doctrine closely and turning your doctrine into an idol. Um, This -hmm. is something I'm truly troubled by in contemporary uh, life online, and that is that people who um, are consumed i would say by the uh by the the box that they're putting god in theologically speaking that someone says something that's outside that box and they just they go after them
12: right yeah i think it's a problem you know there's i think we should be um we should be guarding our doctrine and i think that's a biblical idea to um, kind of defend our faith and defend truth but the tone matters as well. Yeah. And um, Ray Orland ha- makes this helpful distinction between what he calls um, gospel doctrine and gospel culture. And he, he says, sometimes the people who are you know, the strongest on gospel doctrine are lowest on gospel culture. Mm-hmm. And you have people that end up rejecting the doctrine because the culture they see you know, coming from that person is so at odds, seemingly, with the gospel they preach. So we need to have a coherence between the doctrine that we're defending and the the way that we're we're defending it and the tone. And we have to make sure that we're receivable in our tone and that people aren't going to just reject us out of hand because we're so offensive and we're so abrasive and unloving in how we present it, um, so Brett, let me, let me interrupt be, you for yeah. a minute,
4: and let's go beyond tone because there are actual differences that we have in how we understand doctrine, what we uh, what we see in a particular passage, biblically speaking. I think we have to be able to talk about those differences in a way that's respectful. Um, So it's not so tone is absolutely important. And when uh, I remember when Ray Ray tweeted that, I'm sure he said it multiple times, but I saw it pretty recently on Twitter. I really appreciated that. But there's also a a willingness that we have to have to actually go further than that and say, okay, what's the argument you're making? This is how I see it. And we have to be able to hear each other.
12: Yeah, for sure. There's basic respect in a conversation that involves thinking, you know, not thinking the worst of the other person and not misrepresenting what they're saying and and actually listening well enough to what they're saying to be able to push back on it in a a way that respects their argument. And I feel like we've lost even that, that kind of basic respect, you know, when Peter says in 1 Peter 3 that, you know, we should defend the faith, but we have to do so with gentleness and respect. Um, I think part of that, um, you know, gentleness and respect is, is the respect of dignifying, you know, someone else's um, argument and not just dismissing it um, immediately and, and saying like, maybe there's something about your argument that I might learn from. And that's something I talk about in the article is we have to, we have to get to this place where we don't, we can disagree with something someone is saying and not dismiss and disagree with Mm -hmm. everything and Mm -hmm. in our conversations increasingly it does seem like it's an all or nothing proposition where you know if the other side says something that you find abhorrent then there can be nothing you know that they could ever say that would be (laughs) helpful in your opinion but that's just not how you know humans we're more complex than that and all of us have moments you know of truth and moments of error and we need each other to be able to, you know, process through that. And um, part of being a humble Christian is also being, um, being teachable, even as we want to teach others. Uh, and so we need to be open to learning from those we disagree with, even though we can learn without agreeing with everything that they say
3: the gospel coalition brett mccracken is with us but brett, you know you said uh, in our conversations and you know you're, you're like kath and i and you know you're in the media and so people are not generally having conversations with you they're emailing you pretty much right or perhaps a, an odd voicemail or so and I, I don't know about you but you know from our perspective when people disagree with us i mean it's like take no prisoners there's no yeah. no gentleness. There's no sort of give and take. It's mm-hmm. a boilerplate of mm-hmm. accusations, and um, just it's yeah. so crushing. So there's no middle room as though it the is. person who has leveled these accusations against you knows everything there is about theology and the gospel and Christian life and all that, and whatever you have to say back is not welcome or necessarily needed. So there's like there's like very little room for grace in the, in the midst of all that.
12: Yeah. Yeah, know it's true, and uh, you know one of the most depressing things in my line of work is just reading the comments on uh, like like the Gospel Coalition Facebook page. Uh, post, I can't imagine when we post articles. Like I was looking at the comments this morning, and I I was just immediately in a state, a state of utter depression and discouragement. <laughs> And I called my boss Colin, who you guys know, Colin Hanson. And I just, you know, had to had to just like talk it through with him because I was so depressed. I was like, "This is hopeless." Like, what? You know, we're we're trying to like start good conversations and and model thoughtful discourse, but the responses that people make are just it's unfathomable. So I find that it's just it's good. To, I think it's good for everyone's soul to just have more in-person conversations with people mm-hmm. locally in their communities about these issues. So and with with all the George Floyd stuff going on, I've just prioritized trying to have local like over coffee conversations with people, um, you know, different races to just talk through this stuff because I find the online conversations mm-hmm. um, typically don't go anywhere good, Uh, not that there there can never be good things that come from it, but there's just something about the humanity of people you Mm -hmm. actually know, who you're you're actually in community with versus faceless, um, you know, names on social media who get your blood boiling.
4: Yep. Brett McCracken's with us, senior editor at the Gospel Coalition, author of Uncomfortable, The Awkward and Essential Challenge of Christian Community, Gray Matters, Navigating the Space Between Legalism and Liberty, and I think um, this is the first book we ever read. It is, you? yeah. I think it was Hipster Christianity, right? When Church and Cool Collide. Um, Brett, let mm-hmm. me bring up something that John and I have have been talking about lately, um, and that is that... Living online, and we, uh, you know, many people, we have to do it now. So I also want to give some grace right. to that, and and I understand that this yep. is a very weird time, and things are not as they should be, or we would want them to be. But at the same time, I, I think, well, we we both think because we we commiserate about this a lot that. Based on the COVID situation, based on the race situation in America, based on all of the difficulties that we're reading about and and seeing videos of, it's easy to become, I think, so emotionally exhausted by trying to be compassionate, trying to work out arguments in your head, trying to see what you think about things that you, when it comes to talking to your actual neighbor, you don't have anything left. You know, you're used up. And this, of course, I think maybe for the three of us, because we do so much of our work online, um, that this is a particular danger, but I think it can affect anybody Mm -hmm. that you, we end up utilizing all of our emotional capital on people that we have no personal contact with.
12: Yeah, absolutely. That's, that is a burden that I feel so strongly for, you know, people, Um, and pastors. I've noticed that a lot of pastors these days, like, get so caught up in, you know, the national conversation about this and that, and the social media conversation, that I can't imagine they have much emotional energy left to pastor their own, you know, people in their communities. And I think that we would all do well to place a little bit more of our focus and energy on the local, on the people right in front of us, on the the issues, the problems, the struggles of those, you know, in our family, in our neighborhoods, in our churches, there's more than enough problems there. You know, if you just stopped mm-hmm. there, there's more than enough for our our souls and our minds to, to worry about. And in fact, for most of human history, that was the extent of it, right? Everyone, all the problems people dealt with were <laughs> right in front of them. There was no mass media that could inform A farmer in rural France in the 19th century about, you know, the protests happening in New Zealand or the the war that just broke out on the other side of the world. Like, it's the mass media factor has made it so that we're all constantly confronted with all the problems of the world. And it's just too much for humans to bear. We're not created to bear every burden. Not that there's not a place for, you know, being aware and bearing some of those burdens, but we get exhausted, like you're saying, and it makes us less productive, you know, as salt and light in our own neighborhoods, and our own families, than we could be.
3: Yeah, and the trick is, I mean, not even a trick, but if we as believers in Jesus— can't communicate well with each other, then what hope do we have yeah, no, we for have communicating no, with a yeah. lost world? Right. Yeah.
12: No, for sure. Yeah, and we there's sadly so much um, so much time wasted in these protracted debates online that that's another thing that falls by the wayside is actual evangelism and, and kind of mm-hmm. seeking right. seeking and saving the lost and being part of the Great Commission and. And just just being promoters of the good news, right? Like, there's so much bad news to get angry about, and and rightfully so. I'm not saying that we shouldn't all be up in arms about these injustices, Mm -hmm. but when we're so preoccupied with all the bad news that's coming at us from every direction, from all over the world... There's so, there's probably little left to um, be excited about the good news yourself and (laughs) excited enough to want to share it far and wide with people. And um, that would be a real tragedy if that, that part was lost.
4: Well, Brett, we thank you for your time today. We've uh, we've grown to, to trust you and appreciate you so much over the years, and we yes. thank you for your continued good work.
3: And we promise not to go on your site and comment. Oh, I'm at going all. on. I'm going on
4: the Gospel <laughs> Coalition. No, and I'm no. going to no, tell no, them. Please, I'm going to let them sanity, have
3: it. Please, please don't. don't. <laughs> right. Thank you, Brett. The Gospel right. Coalition. Thank it's a so site that we follow daily. Highly recommended. TheGospelCoalition.org online. Take a break. Come back. Um, we're going to talk about facial recognition. I mean, with the protests that have been going on, all the big tech companies are talking about this and how this is a game changer in a surveillance state. Stick around for that conversation. from time to time, you ask yourself this question, who do you trust? Who do you trust? Certainly your family around you, a smaller circle of church friends or associates, all that, but it's core to how we look at the world, how we engage in the world. Who do you trust? And especially when your child is about to go to college, who are you trusting to teach your child what it is to live in this world? When I've asked myself that question, who do you trust? I go back to Grove City College. My child's been at Grove City College. We love the environment, the education, the faculty, the staff. They know Christ. I trust them because I know that he knows them as well. Grove City College. Kath, what about you? Who do you trust?
4: Well, yeah, I've had an excellent experience with the professors at Grove City. My daughter goes there, but I have to go to the administration too, John. I mean, just yesterday we had a screw up on our bill and it was one of those things where you can imagine that you would have to be on the phone for three hours or on 10 different websites. But my husband called Grove City, talked to one woman, and in 30 minutes it was worked out. I mean, just person to person, that's the connection I think we're all looking for.
3: Fabulous do yourself a favor. Look online. Who do you trust? GCC.edu. That's Grove City College.
6: Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app, at wordfm.com, I heart, tune in and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
9: Tonight, partly cloudy with a low 57. Partial sunshine tomorrow with a high 80. Clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 58. Wednesday, times of clouds and sun with a high of 81 the cloudy skies for Wednesday night with a low 61 and Thursday sun and clouds with a shower a thunderstorm and a high 84. With your accurate the forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. So
3: remember when, um, uh the first protest and then uh, rioting took place a couple of weeks ago uh, down at the, the PPG Paint, at the PPG Paint Arena. And uh, some knucklehead lit up a, a police car on on fire. Right. Well, some of those images, a lot of those images were picked up by facial recognition. I mean, of course, you walk by PPG Paint, you're going to see cameras everywhere. They're sure. just, you know, they're protecting their property. And it's not even, you know, it's not the government. It's the people who own PPG Paint. Now, that facial recognition technology, it has changed everything Mm -hmm. and will continue to do so as we march forward into new tech. Right. Because, uh, look, I mean, unless you're totally wearing a mask, you got a hat on and your mask all the way up here. Essentially, this facial recognition uh, technology is so advanced at this point that they can find you by sifting through the sands of images by the billions that are out there Mm -hmm. in the world. I think at times it's fascinating. It's also terrifying Yes, because we talked about it, you know, for many years about 1984 and big brother. Mm -hmm. Well, truly by every stretch of the imagination, big brother is on us. And it's surprising how big brother's here. Right, Kev.
4: And if that technology is used by good people for good purposes, then it's really comforting. Actually, if it's not, If it's used by people for nefarious purpose, that is an incredible amount of power uh, to give to an agency or an organization or a person.
3: Right. So what's happened in these few weeks quickly is that the big tech companies – and now this is weird, okay – so remember, you know, this happens more often than not. When there's a, a mass shooting or something like that, someone's iPhone, the the, the the mass shooter's iPhone is retrieved. This has happened at least several times. And law, local law enforcement or the FBI says to, to Apple, hey, we've got this phone. Would you please be so kind to unlock it? And Apple goes, nope, nope. no way. That's proprietary. We own it. And you don't have access to it.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, it's unfortunate. So law enforcement has had to find their way around that. It takes a long time. I mean, months and months sometimes to unlock those phones. Right. Now, whenever facial recognition has bloomed during this era of George George Floyd, Floyd protests, the big tech companies, Microsoft, Apple, all those companies, they all have a stake in facial recognition technology, of course. And they themselves have said, you know what, we're not interested in helping the government out. We're just going to sit back mm-hmm. and let government do their own work. Right. Don't count on us. Right. Which I believe is in, is disingenuous at best.
4: Well, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. Sure. I mean, these, these big tech companies like, you know, any kind of social media platform, you know, they're, they've got all sorts of pornography, sex trafficking, all sorts of illegal activity happening all over their platforms. And their response has continually been... No, no, like people just need to do their own thing. Like that's not up to us. You know, we're just, we're just, we're just the platform. Um, you know, it, it's, I find it really annoying. I do. And I, I don't know, I don't have a better idea of how to promote it, how to police it, how to utilize it. I just know it's just one of those things that you look at and you think, wow, that ha- that has a tremendous potential for good or evil. Right.
3: And If if you were a young lawyer just coming out of law school, man, I I think it'd be fascinating to focus on these sorts of issues, right? Because this is a battlefield Mm -hmm. that is just taking place right now, and it's going to, you know, metabolize here in the next decade or so, even before that. So Mm -hmm. it just is a fascinating conversation about what's good, what's legal, who has rights to be seen or not seen.
4: Yeah, I think the bottom line we're going to all have to recognize is that we're being seen all the time.
3: Yeah, you got that right.
4: Right? It's just the way it is. Remember Person of Interest, that TV show was on oh, like yeah. a decade ago. Yeah. That's what it was all about. At that time, it was like so shocking and mm-hmm, so creepy. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, you know, everyday life. Yeah, it sure is. Except here, except here in my spare room. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Let's take a break. Uh, we're going to talk about finding the right hill to die on. Boy, th- this is a necessary oh my, conversation. Stick around so for that. It's the Monday edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on 101.5 Word FM. We're also streaming live on Facebook as well.
6: WORD.
1: Your station for Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef.
5: Once Christ becomes just a way, not the way, moral relativism will follow. Dr. Michael Youssef. If the book of Judges is going to be teaching us anything, it will be teaching us that we must contend for every soul, that we must stand firm regardless of the cost, that we must lovingly but firmly hold on to our inheritance
4: dig deeper into this on leading the way
5: tomorrow
1: morning at 6 30 on 101.5 w o r d
3: we're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days windows r us pittsburgh is no different when it comes to working around your home windows r us remains committed to the safety of you and your family for roofs gutters and downspouts siding and of course windows windows r us pittsburgh can answer the call with over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows or Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company, and all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com.
8: Moms sure do wear a lot of hats, and these days she's wearing a few she hadn't expected, like homeschool teacher, mask maker. Hand washing enforcer, social distance shopper, toilet paper finder, parent checker her, screen time negotiator, personal space administrator, and make sure everyone's happier, safer, and healthier. Er, and to help you appreciate her, Trinity Jewelers is now open. Like hats, the best gifts are unexpected. At TrinityJewelers.com. difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com.
3: Gavin Ortland is back with us. Gavin serves as senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Ojai in Ojai, California. He is the author of Anselm's Pursuit of Joy. He's got a brand new book out right now called Finding the Right Hills to Die on, The Case for Theological Triage. Gavin, welcome back. How are you?
13: Hey, doing well. Good to be with you guys.
3: Yeah, thank you.
4: Well, Gavin, this is a fascinating subject. We were just talking to Brett McCracken before you came on, and this subject actually came up. I asked him where you draw the line between um, cautiously guarding your doctrine and turning doctrine into an idol of your own making. What do you say?
13: Mm. Well, that is the one good way to sum up what the whole book is about. Honestly, it's wrestling with that very question. And um You know, it's tough to give an answer to that that will apply to every situation, but two of the things that I identify in the book as kind of uh, warning signs or dangers for us. One would be when what I call doctrinal sectarianism, which is just kind of a way of talking about dividing from other Christians too quickly, and when we start to feel a sense of identity with our uh, theology, so we start to feel... Uh, we start to find our identity in our distinctives that mark us mm-hmm. off from other Christians as opposed to Christ himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the beginning of the book is all about saying, you know, Jesus Christ and his death and his resurrection for us, that's the core. That's what makes me okay as a human being. And then from there, and I, it's, it's very easy to do, you know, I think it was John Newton who said, self-righteousness can feed upon our doctrines as well upon our, our good works. And that's always a temptation where we think, well, I'm not like those Christians over there because I have this better theology. So that's, that's certainly one danger. And then the other direction, I talk about a, a minimalism where we just kind of flatten everything out. And I say, that's also not good. We, we need to care mm-hmm. about theology. It's, it's important. So uh, the book's all about trying to find that healthy, balanced place. But that's tricky to do.
3: It is, dude. So I think about often, you know, we sing um, the, the hymn with Prone to Wander, Gavin, mm-hmm. right? Um, Come thou font of every blessing. And, I, and I, whenever I hear that phrase, prone, prone to wander, I think in many ways of, of us where we are today, that we lose sight of the glory and the majesty of the gospel of which we are called to, and instead... We're nitpicking each other to death on the molehill of, you know, theology. And not to say, of course, that theology, of course, is not central and extremely important. But boy, we're just willing to, you know, just rip each other apart just for the sake of trying to feel like we're right or superior Mm -hmm. in some way.
13: Mm -hmm. Exactly. That what, what you just described is what's on my heart with this topic and kind of what led me to think about it. And what I've felt is it seems as though our culture is polarizing, and the uh, the right and the left are kind of pulling apart, and it's getting more difficult to have respectful dialogue
4: mm-hmm. amidst
13: differences, and people are just screaming at each other. And the hope would be that as the Church, we can model a better way, where even amidst disagreement, we can model a courteous disagreement, a respectful disagreement. Um, I I do believe that we must show love amidst disagreement, even with Christians. And the book talks about, even if you're very concerned with someone else's views on something, if they're a part of the people of Christ, if they're one of the lambs of Christ, we should have a tenderness toward them. And that should be evident in the way Mm -hmm. we have disagreement. And the hope would be you know, as a church, we'd model a better way of disagreeing. My fear—I don't know what you guys think about this—but my fear is that too often the church is polarizing just the same yes.
5: as our culture,
13: and we're pulling yes. apart. And yes. that just worries me. And so, the, the the heart behind the book is: how do we? What do we do about that? Can we find ways of disagreeing that are more courteous and more principled and more careful?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is a uh, Gavin? What does it require? Of us, yeah, I was i can 't tell you how many examples I mean, if you would have just contacted me, Gavin, I could have given you so much material <laughs> for this book because I have screwed up in this regard over and over and over again. I remember about fifteen years ago um I was invited to go to a worship conference at Saddleback Church out in uh, Southern California. Mm-hmm. And I said yes, to be honest with you, because someone was paying my way. But in my head and to my close friends, I said, Look, I don't really feel the need to go to a mega church. You know, I, I'm from a reformed background, I go to a small church. You know, we understand everything about how worship's supposed to be, Gavin. You know, we have it all worked yeah. out. I don't think some mega church is going to be able to tell me something I didn't already know. Now, listen, it took me about 20 minutes of being at my first seminar out there before I had to repent of my ridiculous perspective on feeling like I knew everything about anything. I mean, anyway, so I ended up going to that same conference, I don't know how many years in a row, simply because I needed to have my perspective upended. I needed to have it challenged. doesn't mean I changed my mind every time, but just being around people who looked at things so differently was absolutely invaluable. And that's what I feel like people don't get. They're so concerned about the keeping their doctrine in some safe space that they don't realize the joy that's waiting on the other side of just hearing what someone else has to say.
13: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. What you're describing there about that experience of going, I I can relate to that with so many different things in my life. Um, The whole joy of listening to someone who has a different perspective, they have a different outlook. Maybe in this case, it's two Christians, but this person is in a different denomination or whatever, different tribe. And the joy of just trying to learn from that and genuinely listen um, I don't know if you guys were talking to Brett about his, his piece on this, but the whole idea of not of trying not to live in an echo chamber. Right, that's yeah. what it and, was. Yeah, exactly. So I really appreciated what he had to say about that, and it just resonated because it seems like what you're describing, you experienced at that conference, and I'm sure we can all think of similar examples, that seems like a huge help in this whole process of just mm-hmm. learning the discipline of listening to different, perspectives and 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 understanding that that's not a compromise you know right. just listening is is good it's healthy and it if we do it with humility we can almost always learn something
3: right and so we're talking in some ways gavin you know um you and kath and i because we're so close to to the subject you know in some ways for lack of a better word you know we're professional christians and that this is our center point of our of our lives but so if 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 people like us are disagreeing um, ferociously on, you know, social media platforms, then what hope is it just for the regular person who loves Jesus and shows up on Sunday morning, when people show up on Sunday morning, and we're talking to their neighbor about theological points and trying to find the, the, the love and the truth of the gospel, I mean... And getting kicked back there or getting throw back there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's all these different levels and tiers of understanding and truth and wisdom. And of course, professional levels as well. But the bottom line is everybody, if you want, if you know Jesus and want to know more about Jesus, you need and want to engage in conversation with other people. But it's just so mm-hmm. difficult to do so because there's always somebody pointing the finger or wagging the finger at someone
13: yeah you know it's interesting when i was in the context of researching for this book i interviewed a number of pastors because i didn't want to just assume that i you know just go by my experiences i wanted to really listen and see you know what our pastors experiencing one of the pastors had an observation that has stuck with me and i think about it all the time and it came to mind john when you were making those comments he said when we've had disagreement in our church Um, The key factor has not been what the disagreement is over or the level of knowledge and uh, maturity and theological wisdom of the people in question. The key factor has been whether there is humility in the midst of the disagreement. He said, if you have relatively brand new Christians who don't know a lot of theology, and uh, it's a really important issue, but there's humility, that has often led to a peaceable outcome. But if you have Christians who have lots of theological knowledge, and it's maybe even over a minor issue, but it, the dis, the disagreement is not conducted with humility, it often leads to a divisive outcome.
7: Mm-hmm.
13: And mm-hmm. that really has weighed on me in writing the book and just uh, functioning since then, that uh, humility is so important. So. You know, it is discouraging thinking, gosh, theology is so complicated. Our cultural issues are so complicated. It's so hard to know how to navigate. But I believe that if we approach these conversations with humility and uh, we don't need to be right, we kind of let our guard down. Mm-hmm. We try to practice love, we try to practice the fruits of the Spirit. Even if we've got lots of questions, I mean, I'm wrestling with this personally right now with issues of, of racial reconciliation and how do I talk about that as a pastor. And every time I speak out on it on social media or in a sermon, I have to put a lot of thought into how do I talk about it because it's a very emotional issue right now, obviously. And I have fear and trembling, you know, when I speak to it. And so I'm just trying to approach it. I don't think I can not talk about it Um but it's hard to, because I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing, you know? Yeah. And so I'm thinking about this and just thinking okay, how do we try to create safe contexts for us to have conversations where we don't have to be right, we don't have to have everything figured out, and we can approach the dialogue with humility? And I, exactly. to me, that's hey, Gavin, kind of Hey, Gavin, i got to close
4: you out, only for time reasons. The new book sure. is called Finding the Right Hills to Die On, The Case for Theological Triage. The author, Dr. Gavin Ortlund. Gavin, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks,
0: Gavin. Hey, thanks, guys.
6: I did this weird thing as a kid. I would fall asleep with my blanket completely over my head, with only my mouth and nose poking out the side. I guess I liked the protection that the blanket offered while still being a fan of breathing. I think a lot of us are feeling that way today, juggling how to handle the protection that our homes give us with the desire to get out and breathe a little bit. At our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we don't have the end answer on how to best handle our current world, but we are pretty good at mortgages. If you're thinking of getting out and making that new home purchase you've been dreaming about, Our company's direct lender advantage can often get you a lower rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Or if you decide to hunker down at home a bit longer and want to use that time and some of your home equity to do some sweet home upgrades, our direct lender advantages may help with that too. We are United Faith Mortgage.
11: We pay your appraisal
4: fees up to
6: $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number
8: 22672. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our healthcare. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly healthcare costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with healthcare costs and out of pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 27 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. I had a great time this morning with my dentist. She just made me
4: feel so comfortable.
8: To patients of Dr. Megan Stock, she's more than a great dentist. She's an answer
1: to prayer. She makes you feel so calm.
8: didn't
4: make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth.
3: We just love to talk about the Lord and what's going on in our families. I
4: am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time.
8: She does fabulous work. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across. Chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, a Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa
2: online... You can count on Napa know-how. Timeless wisdom, encouraging proverbs, and powerful promises. At BibleStudyTools.com, we aim to provide the best free resources for knowing the Word of God and applying its powerful truths to your life. Use BibleStudyTools.com's daily Bible verse for inspiration as you start each day. Find powerful verses on more than 300 topics that relate to your life's challenges and needs. Verses to encourage your soul, lift your spirit, and strengthen your faith. Visit BibleStudyTools.com. That's BibleStudyTools.com. We we're
3: talking a little earlier in the show. It's a National Lobster Day. Not that I can afford a lobster. No. I'm more. I, I ask you about um, Mickey D. and their filet fish sandwich. Yeah. Remember Long John Silver's for the seafood lover in you.
4: Listen, listen to me. When I was in high school, yeah. that was my favorite thing to do.
3: Oh, to go to Long John Silver.
4: I mean, not my favorite thing to do, my favorite place to eat. It was, I love, before, you know how when you're in high school, you can eat anything? Oh, yeah. And you know, you never gain any weight. It's didn't just matter. completely, listen, I used to go to, uh, I'd have band camp over the summer. And in the middle of the day, we'd have like an hour and a half break. Yeah. I'd leave, I'd be out in the sun working all morning. I'd go to Long John Silver's, get the fish and chicken platter with hush puppies, which were fried air, <laughs> and then go back and work another three or four hours in the sun in the afternoon. That is
3: sick. It didn't matter. No. And I thought, I thought that, you know, the first time I had Long John Silvers and they had like the malt vinegar.
4: Yeah. I I oh my gosh. Like we are at the, we are at the apex of, of food.
3: How about Arthur Treacher's? Do you remember Arthur Treacher's? Yeah. I
4: remember the name, but I don't think I ever went there. It
3: was kind of the same, sort of the same thing. So then Long John Silvers sort of merged with, with the root beer company,
4: what's the connection there?
3: Nothing money. I don't understand that. They were both on hard times. Is Long John Silver's even around? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Have a hush puppy. Have a great night.